Have you ever noticed in your life that it is easier to remember bad experiences than it is to remember good experiences? I know for me, kind of the holidays in the past, thinking about them, they all kind of blend in together. But there's one Christmas that stands out in my memory, and that's one where we went to Virginia, and my daughter Haven was incredibly sick. And that one sticks out so much in comparison to the others. And perhaps for you, it's you can remember your worst day at work or a really difficult conversation and the things that the person said and how you responded, or maybe you remember that one bad Thanksgiving your family had. And there's actually a term for this. The term is negativity bias or basis, negativity basis. And researchers have actually watched our brains when showing people uh, photos of negative things and photos of positive things and our brains always spike higher on a wavelength and, and brain energy scale to negative things. And so negative experiences stand out more to us and we recall them more easily and more frequently. Now, I think God knew this about us and that's the reason that he instituted all of these patterns for us to follow in remembering the good. And so this morning for our worship experience, we have read scripture, we have sung praises, those, those are ways that we remember the good, that we remember all that God has blessed us with. And because of this drift, this natural tendency that we have to drift toward the negative, in 2020, we need thanksgiving and gratitude more than ever before. In a year that has been as thankless as 2020, we need to be thankful more than ever. And that's actually what we find in 1 Thessalonians 5. Because in 1 Thessalonians 5, there's this encouragement to be thankful, but it's written to a group of people who were going through a really hard time. Paul had gone to Thessalonica and he had shared the gospel with these people. And then immediately they had begun to suffer persecution. And so um, they are there suffering persecution. Paul and his team have to leave before they can do the discipleship and development that they'd like to do. The persecution continues and then Paul writes them this letter and first of all, he's really encouraged that even though they're facing hardship, they have remained faithful to God's word and they have become stronger Christians. And so Paul's writing to develop them, to, to teach them some things, and also just to give them some practical ways, some practical steps they can take to respond to the adversity that they're facing. And that's what I'm going to read to you at the end of this letter in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 9. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake, whether we die, or we sleep, whether we wake or sleep, whether we live or die, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Now, Paul is saying, in this difficult time, encourage one another. Be an encouragement to one another in this hardship and, and pay respect or honor to those who are working among you to encourage you, to teach you, to comfort you, to admonish you. Verse 13, esteem them very highly in their love in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. He's saying a great way to deal with adversity is to show gratitude to those who are working among you to teach you and train you and encourage you and also be at peace among yourselves. There's enough adversity happening outside, coming from outside, so let's not create adversity within. 
Let's not create hardship within. Let's be at peace with one another. It's already difficult enough. Let's not make it more difficult. Now we exhort you, brethren, for that purpose, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both to yourselves and for all. And then there are just several of these really short, like, hey, take this step. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophesyings or teachings or a word from God. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And in the middle of all that, Paul says, be thankful in all things. Give thanks in all things. Paul knew that they were suffering hardship, that they were going through an adversity. He knew that it would be so important for them to be thankful in all of these things. And this is a little bit counterintuitive to us because we think of giving thanks in a time of bounty or in response to good times. The truth is that in difficult times, we need to be thankful. We need this pattern of being thankful in good and in bad. Several years ago, I read a book called The Last Place on Earth, and it's a It was about these two explorers who wanted to be the first one to reach the South Pole. It was the last place on earth that hadn't been reached or discovered. And so they wanted to kind of stake their claim on this last place on earth. And so the two uh, explorers were Scott and Amundsen. And they had two different approaches to getting to the South Pole. Amundsen and his team, they established the pattern that every day they were going to march 20 miles. Whether the weather was good or it was bad, no matter what, they were going to march 20 miles. Scott and his team, they would march up to 40 or 60 miles on days that were good weather. But days that were bad weather, they would rest in their tents to rest up for the big days that were coming. Now here's, a, here's the problem with that approach. There aren't a whole lot of good weather days in the South Pole. And so the days that they rested put them behind. And Amundsen and his team reached the South Pole first and made it back. And while Scott and his team eventually reached the South Pole, they didn't make it back. They froze to death because they were still in the South Pole, still in Antarctica as the worst weather rolled in. We need the pattern of giving thanks every day because if we only give thanks on the good days or the easy days, there are probably going to be very few days that we do give thanks. We need to be willing to march forward in the good and the bad. And so Paul knew that the Thessalonians would need this, that they would need to push forward on good days and bad. Now, what Paul tells them to do is to be thankful in all things. He does not tell them to be thankful for all things. In other words, You don't need to be thankful for COVID-19 or thankful for the pandemic. You don't need to be thankful for these things that's caused a lot of suffering and heartache, but you can be thankful in the midst of it. You don't need to be thankful for the pandemic, but you desperately need to be thankful in the midst of the pandemic. You know that Thanksgiving became a national holiday when Lincoln proclaimed it to be. Thanksgiving had been celebrated before that, but it had not been a national holiday, and Lincoln made it a national holiday in the middle of the Civil War. While he was fighting the South, there were riots happening in New York over the draft into the army. Lincoln had just begged for 
300,000 volunteers to join the Union Army so that they would have the ranks that they needed to fight against the South. Lincoln was still mourning the loss of his 11-year-old son who had died in the White House in the previous year. And in the middle of all of this, Lincoln gives this proclamation that there will be a day of thanksgiving. And I want to read a little portion of Lincoln's speech that he gave that day. There's a really specific spot I want you to pay attention to. I can't read you the whole thing, but here's part of it. I therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And this is the part I want you to hear. And I recommend to them that while offering up ascriptions justly due to him for singular deliverances and blessings, that they do also humble with humble penitence. Penitence means repentance for our national perverseness and disobedience. Lincoln recognized that a day of thanksgiving should also be a day of repentance. Recognizing how good God has been often helps us to recognize how much we don't deserve his goodness. So he said it should be a day of thanksgiving, but also a day of repentance. And then he went on to say, and also to commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, and sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged. And then pray that the Almighty Father, his almighty hand, would heal the wounds of our nation to restore it as soon as may be consistent with divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace and harmony and tranquility and union. Lincoln said this should be a day of thanksgiving, a day of repentance, and also a day of remembering those who have suffered more greatly than we have, to remember those who are widows and orphans because of the Civil War, and to pray that God would heal our nation. It was a time that they should give thanks to God, repent of their sins, and care for those around them. You see, when we give thanks, we recognize how good God has been, how much we don't deserve it, and also how fortunate we are that we are able to help others around us, to be a blessing to those who have suffered even more than we have. It takes the focus off of us, places it upon God, and helps us see those around us in need. That's what Thanksgiving does. Now, how do we go about this? How is it possible to give thanks in the middle of a horrible year like 2020 has been? Well, Paul tells us here in this passage, in the very first verses that I read to you that kind of set up everything that's going to come after it, he says, God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, whether we live or die, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. You see, no matter how bad things get, even to the point of death, whether we live or die, we can give thanks because Christ died for us to offer us free grace. And so even in the worst of circumstances, in the most adverse, difficult times, we can be thankful because Christ showed his love toward us and that he died for us. And so let us give thanks turn from our wicked ways and recognize all those around us who we can be a blessing to this Thanksgiving season. Father, I pray that you'd work in the hearts of everyone who watches this. Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged or that no matter how adverse their circumstances is, that they might know or that you died for them and 
that you have shown them grace. And Lord, that you have been far better to us than we deserve. Lord, that we are so very blessed because of your grace. And Lord, I pray that as we think on these things and give you thanks, that we would look around to those around us who are in need.